This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the third week of Advent. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth as we prepare our hearts for this Advent and the coming of Jesus Christ on Christmas. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you very much, Bill. You know, uh, we, we learn in the the story of the Nativity, that Christ was born in a stable. And, of course, as the Son of God, we would have expected, uh, as humans, something different. And our community has experienced some some rocky road over the last week. Uh, last week, you reflected on the tragedy of Casey Goodson in the midst of our Advent preparation. Indeed. You know, on Sunday, we heard that beautiful prophecy of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to bring good news to the poor to heal the brokenhearted. Indeed, there are many broken hearts in our community, and we certainly want to accompany the brokenhearted and call for the Lord's healing and, and peace. Yes, I did issue a statement at that at the point um, we were still looking for an investigation into the events that led to the death of Casey Goodson. And I certainly want to be careful not to um, to prejudge or to rush into any kind of judgment. But the fact of the matter is, at that point, there was still this waiting for someone to take on the responsibility of doing an investigation, somebody outside of the sheriff's department, so that it could be impartial. And it, it, it's to use one of the uh, political leaders' terms, it seemed to be a a political uh, hot potato. And so the statement itself um, and my expansion on it in the Catholic Times this week is talking about what was really a call, I should say, really a call to um, to get some kind of an investigation going so that we can get to the truth. The truth is what matters in the end, and the truth is what will ultimately be able to help and and to bring about healing among all the segments of our society. So the the first point I wanted to make was that call to um, for an investigation and along those lines um, asking for patience among the community for a peaceful reaction to this uh, for prayer. We we need to pray for all of those involved in this. Um, you know, my my heart aches for the officer involved, my heart aches for the Goodson family, my heart aches for the community. Um, I think all of our hearts ache. This is, at the very least, a terrible human tragedy. So, so that was one important point in reflecting upon it. And then the, uh, the other point uh, and, and people raised the, this question. They felt that the, people wanted to point out to me that there's no evidence at this point that the shooting was racially motivated. And I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, again, we need to find the truth so that we know for sure. But what is important to note is that this opens a wound once again, a wound that's deep, a wound that uh, many in the African-American community and many other minority communities, many peoples of color, have, have felt and feel very, very strongly. And, and that's something we need to understand. 
I often talk about it here on the radio and I talk in a lot of places. We need to listen very deeply to one another. Um, St. Paul uses the image of the church as the body of Christ. And we all know when one member of the body hurts, the body hurts. If my elbow is in great pain, I'm in pain. It's not my elbow alone. And that's the the experience that we 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 feel right now we we, we need to acknowledge that pain accompany one another in that and then hope that the light of truth will will be also a light of healing so that was the context in in which i i wrote this and uh, and, and, and Hearing that voice of the prophet Isaiah, I think even today we will hear that the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord for whom we wait, the Lord who did come among us, um, we we call out to him to bring good news to us, to bring healing, to bring peace in and respect for all life in all of our communities. Casey Goodson's uh, mother, uh, Tamala Payne, has called for peace and and patience and respect, and the, the bishops and other faith leaders here in, in central Ohio have signed a letter for peace as well. And yes, and I've joined with them in that call for peace. And again, acknowledging the pain. We have to be honest. We have to acknowledge the pain, but calling for peace. I was relieved um, that, by and large, I understand that things were peaceful um there was some troubling things uh, all around and that's always going to be the case but um there seemed to be a sense of order there doesn't seem to have been the kinds of destruction that we experienced over the summer and uh, we we that's inappropriate as well so uh, i was happy to see that the uh, second reading on sunday uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. We've had a friend of the station, Roseanne Beichelman, that for many years would let our listeners or remind our listeners the importance of um, all the pain that we go through, that we need to lean more on God. Precisely. Precisely. We rejoice not because everything's great and uh, wonderful in the world, but we rejoice because of the nearness of our God and we need to turn to him. Um, and we need to show one another the face of God. The Lord sends us his Holy Spirit so that we might pick up the mantle and bring good news and healing and hope and relief to one another. So that's what we are trying to do for one another these days as we accompany each other. Uh, we, we, yes, we accompany each other in sorrow, but we accompany each other in hope. We know that the Lord is near, that he's among us now. And this time of Advent is a season of hope and expectation. So um, so we turn to the Lord. There, there, He is our joy and our hope. You know, we had a special event, uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on Saturday. Uh, and we celebrated that event a little differently Um the diocese and the, the community wanted to celebrate this. Uh, maybe thousands at the fairgrounds has been typical in the past, but with uh, social distancing, it was held at the cathedral this year. Tell us about some of your observations from the day. 
Well, you know, actually, it was um, th- this would have been the first time that we would have gathered at the state grounds if we could have, and. That was my hope. My dream was thousands at the at the fairgrounds. Typically, it's been celebrated very locally in every different parish, and we did continue to do that. The parishes had what was called the manyanitas. Some of them had all night vigils. Some of them had early morning uh, devotions and celebration. And I wanted to bring all of that together. And so we had to bring everybody together in a different way. And it was a monumental moment because this is the first time that we were able to pull everyone together to celebrate as a community. Um, and and since we couldn't do it in person, we celebrated here at the cathedral and we had uh, the broadcast of it, uh, not only on live stream, but on a major uh, network affiliate. So it reached into a lot of homes. Let me say first about the cathedral. Um, we were happy to welcome Archbishop Pierre, the nuncio, Pope Francis's representative to the United States. He had previously been the same um, in Mexico, so he has a great knowledge of the faith in Mexico, of that celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and he brought that here to us to lift us all up um, to celebrate Mary, our Blessed Mother. And... Um, and to celebrate that missionary spirit now that we we experience um, through our encounter with Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe. So that was, that was one powerful thing. Second thing, Friday night as they were doing their rehearsal, I went into the cathedral and they were decorating it. I thought to myself, boy, I've never seen the cathedral look like this before. Mm-hmm. We had this giant image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and it was surrounded by roses, and they had roses all around, and the pillars... Uh, of the cathedral uh, were decorated in uh, the Mexican colors, green, white, and red. And it it was just a joyful, uplifting celebration. And uh, they did an actual run-through of everything on Friday night because it was so tightly scripted and translated everything was was very very tight because of the broadcast TV. So, you know, on Saturday as people came in, I found it very emotional. I was very emotional as I saw people going up and kneeling before the image of Our Lady and praying most earnestly. And and even coming and, and taking pictures uh next to it. Perfectly understandable. You could see the love, the love that people have for Our Lady. Um, and that was demonstrated in very personal and powerful ways by so many different people on Saturday. And that that would be something that would be hard to capture on TV. It touched my heart deeply. Um, we did have a glitch, though, and uh, that came on the um, in the translation. While we wanted to broadcast this to um, our Latino uh, brothers and sisters, we also wanted to make it available to celebrate as as the whole as the wider church and so um, our lady is there for all people and so there was an attempt at the captioning with the language and again, all the preparations were made, but apparently that came out very gobbled and that that 's regrettable it 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 really is. Some of the trans people reported to me some of the 
mistranslations were humorous, others were quite regrettable. Um, but NBC stepped forward. I was glad that they partnered with us. I was so happy that they that we have this partnership to be able to provide events like this to the wider community. And they actually put forth uh, an apology, um, an on-air apology, accepting the responsibility, talking about it, some kind of a, a mechanical malfunction in their translation equipment, um, and uh, and understanding the sanctity of the Mass and the importance of this feast for so many people. So I appreciate their uh, accepting the responsibility and speaking about it. And, um, and and yet I also appreciate their the partnership with them. I really hope that this we can learn from this and that we can build upon it and uh, continue this partnership so that we can bring the joy of the gospel, the, the treasures of our faith, and share that with our larger community, our larger Catholic community, and, hey, share it with the world. Bishop Brennan, uh, as this week progresses, the third week of Advent, starting on Friday, Advent takes a little bit of a turn within our scriptures. It does. We call these the late days of Advent, and in the, that last week before Christmas, up to this point, a lot of our readings were first about the coming of Christ at the end of time, being prepared, being watchful, being awake. The second and third week move us into the, the visions of the prophets and the hope of the people through the ages, and especially the call of John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord. But now, as we get to December 17th, um, we come to the uh, late days of Advent, and there's a big shift. First of all, the readings focus in on the events leading up to the birth of our Lord. So we hear about the Annunciation and the birth of John the Baptist. We hear about the Annunciation of the birth of Jesus, the visitation, the um, the 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 and. and the, the uh, Canticle of Mary, the Canticle of Zechariah, all those things in the early parts of the Gospel of Matthew and Luke that lead up to the birth of Christ. And, and there's a certain hint of joy. It, it, just as we're getting our homes ready for Christmas, um, the uh, church is getting ready to celebrate Christ coming at Christmas. The uh, they, That hymn, you know the great hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel? Mm-hmm. That's that's rooted in these days. The antiphons, the entrance antiphon, the introit, and the uh, the gospel antiphon, the Alleluia verse. Focus on all those um, all those images of Christ. O come, Emmanuel. O come, Desire of nations. O come, Key of uh, of David. Uh, come, Rod of Jesse, stem. All those biblical images and. I mean, it might be nice to uh, focus on that hymn of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, in these last coming days and the different images of Christ through the centuries. It, it, jokingly, some, they're kind of referred to as the O days, and some people call them the Oh No days because we're that close <laughs> to Christmas. <laughs> but they, they, they talk about the O antiphons. Um, so, yes, we're getting closer to our celebration of Christ, and as you so... Uh, well said earlier part in our conversation we we're coming 
we find our joy in Jesus Christ, and we find our hope in him. And so um, our Advent watchfulness, our Advent preparation now takes on that sense of hope, not an artificial tinsel kind of a joy, but really looking deeply, really looking deeply at the crib and seeing our hope and our salvation right there in Jesus Christ. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving Mother of the Redeemer, gate of heaven, star of the sea, assist your people who have fallen and yet strive to rise again. To the wonderment of nature you bore your Creator, yet remained a virgin after as before. You who received Gabriel's joyful greeting, have pity on us, poor sinners. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the third week of Advent. Up next is Living the Catholic Life.